Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Send Spence Radio. Buy a fucking t-shirt, guys. Hi, everyone. Uh, I know uh, I said we'd take a break. And, and we still are. Like this, I mean, we had a little bit of a break in this episode. And that's fine. Um, we're, still, we're still doing a break. It's just... We had a lot of like, emails and, and tweets and people being like, hey, you know, you should, guys should, what do you think of The Force Awakens? You should, should fix Force Awakens. And, and, and it's like, it's fine, but, you know, we, we got a lot, of, a lot of angry hate mail about, like, Jessica Jones, which, you know, it was, it was fine, like, but odd, because, you know, it was a recent thing. And then Mad Max, I mean, Gabe, whew, you poor man. But, so, when we, when we look at, like, The Force Awakens, it's kind of like, there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there, and it, it was a very good film, and even the mere suggestion m- makes people kind of be like, you think you, you like it, you piece of shit, you scum. So, so it's sort of a bit apprehensive. That said, hi, and w- welcome to this episode of Movie Maintenance, where some films just need fixing. Today, we're looking at The Force Awakens. And I'm scared. I'm okay. I'm really scared. I've like that after in the wake of that Coward. Jessica Jones episode. I just look. I can I can my fragile little heart can I, take abuse, I, I but know. but like and watching what happened to Max Landis <laughs> for like for the barest suggestion that there might have been something wrong with the Force Awakens. Like Ooh. you know, can I just like clarify? Our opinions don't mean much. They're just our opinions. They don't affect you enjoying the film <laughs> they don't we we're not gonna think less of you we enjoyed the film yeah we just, we just think up, i up really like the film i really like the film i think yeah it's a i good like film. the film too like a nine it's, or ten film yeah, can really we can we it? clarify that before anything else that we all really like the force awakens okay it is we all like tied really for like second it. in my star wars it's oh up, yeah definitely it's I'd be, look it's maybe the third best maybe star wars. yeah maybe like, just below yeah. new hope but yeah, it's new hope's the best then empire then force empire favorite hope Hope, Force, Force Awakens, Awakens is on the same level as Hope for me. I really dug Force Awakens. Yeah. Mm. But it wasn't I did, nah, nah, it's not. So I'm on the same. I'm like. See, to me, New Hope's a perfect film. <laughs> and like, it it's just, good. to me, New Hope is like a completely satisfying beginning, middle, end story. It's one of those yeah. movies like Jaws or Silence of the Lambs where I'll put it on in the background when I'm doing stuff. And within 10 minutes, I will be transfixed again. Yeah. Yeah. And punching the air when Han Solo comes in and yeah. like bouncing in my seat when Luke like takes off his. Uh, his whatever it's called in the in the X-wing mm, yeah. and um and you know like it just it's 
And Let's look, I love Empire. Thing. Don't get me wrong, I love Empire, but like New Hope has a certain feeling it evokes for me that <laughs> is not replicated in any other Star Wars film. Yeah. Okay, look, Force Awakens, I was I I, I liked it. That's mm. that's it. I really liked it. Okay, let's, I, how about this? Things we really, really liked first. <laughs> all right, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> let's like let's start on something that I know is very dear to all our hearts. Oscar Isaac. What a champion. Poe yeah, Dameron. Beautiful. Oh, champion. Sick cunt. There was, yeah, one great review I read that said, so Poe Dameron, don't know anything about him. Not much development, apart from the fact that he is just the best person ever. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's it. He's and just that's a great. great guy. He's like an Errol Flynn, 1930s swashbuckling hero type. Yeah. And it's awesome. And it works really it's well. It's so good. I'm like, so happy so they likeable. didn't kill him off like oh, they originally going to. Because yeah. that would have been such a waste if he didn't come back after dying, no, dying awesome. on Jakku. In fact, like, look, the best thing about the film for me, which I was the biggest surprise coming out of it, because I walked into it and I said, okay, look, if somebody had said to me, there's a new Star Wars film coming out and it's all new characters... And, you know, you don't get to see your old favourites again. I would have been like, yeah, I'll see it, but I probably won't see it opening day. To me, like, what got me in the cinema was the promise of seeing Han, Luke and Leia again. And the mm. biggest surprise was the fact that I walked out being like, the new characters were the best thing about the film. Yeah, they're yeah. Like, so good. Like, by far, Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8, Kylo Ren. Like, I mean, look, uh, apart from, like, the whole raving of Mary Sue quibble where, yeah, she was a little bit too capable, but that doesn't change the fact that I loved her and thought she was great. Yeah, I, Like, yeah. that's a quibble at best. I said to Dusha after I saw it that Rey was the most useful character in the Star Wars history. Yeah, she was. Pilot, and Jedi, mechanic, that's a future Mrs. Thomas Edgus. Got it all. <laughs> <laughs> look, that's, look, that's not, that's not put, like, I, I prefer a more flawed character, but, like, mm. again, it's a quibble. And, I mean, like, not to get into the whole, like, Bechdel test, female lead character, further representation, everything. I love the fact that a 2015 Star Wars film has a female lead. I, I do. I, I think it's great. Yeah. And the fact that she is so capable and so cool and everything is fantastic. I'm completely I behind it. I would argue that Finn is the main character of... Um, He's the protagonist, yeah. He, yeah, he has... Awakens. But, I mean, Except Rey has the, the biggest act. arc. Yeah. Ray changes well, the most. Does. But the third act, it's almost like... Um, it, switches. <clears throat> it switches. It's a bait and switch. It's All the promotion like... is like, Finn, Finn, oh, yeah, Finn, yeah, Finn, yeah. Finn. Well, guess what, Ray? And but it's kind of that, um, his journey initially. He's yeah. the one who takes us into the world, but then... It's sort of like, you know, the, in The Force, uh, in A New Hope, it's sort of like the, you know, example at the end, you know, the, the trench run, and then, like, um, Han comes in and saves Luke's ass. It's like that with Finn coming in, and Ray comes in and saves Actually, her they, ass. Actually, they both they have a pretty decent Rey. arc, because yeah. Finn goes from coward running away to hero coming back mm. to rescue her, and Ray goes from reluctant, I want nothing to do with this shit, to kind of embracing her destiny. And you know what? Yeah, it's old-fashioned. It's, it's a throwback, but it yeah. works. It, it's like solid. Star Wars, Star Wars yeah. should be like exactly. old-fashioned. Exactly. People keep Star talking Trek. about... Not Star Trek. Star Wars <laughs> is about architects. It's exactly, it, absolutely. and that's fine. People keep talking about right Star Wars like in shades of grey. Like, we yes. want a morally grey character. Nah. People talk about Kylo Ren like that. They want him like, like conflict. And conflict is fine, but Star Wars at its core is mm. that binary. It's light side, dark side, good and evil. It's simple. Also, the, point. the cool thing about Kylo Ren, I was talking to someone about this recently this whole idea that you know we've seen so much in the prequels and the originals particularly with luke and anakin about being tempted by the dark side mm. the whole thing about being tempted by the light and the way he talks about the light side of the force in the same way that the other characters talk mm. about the dark side yeah where he's like you know forgive me i can feel it again the pull of the light i was like that's that's really a cool. really cool little flip that's really interesting i will be very disappointed in future films if they do complete that turn to the light because oh, yeah. he's killed his father. Yeah. There's no going yeah, back. Yeah, I know. I, I thought, like, like, before yeah. the film came out, I assumed that, okay, 
Kylo Ren is going to start bad, and then by the time we get to the third end of the part of the trilogy, he's going to turn around and be the good guy. Yeah, but then he... His name's Kylo Ren. That's a hero name in Star Wars, for sure. For sure, of course it is. He's mm. not going to do anything too evil. <laughs> and, then, and then he kills his But yeah, he's, he stabbed Han. He, exactly. He's not coming back. They can't Kylo do that without first. And if you go to our Redbubble store, you can <laughs> buy that T-shirt. Really subtle plug. I, I, I like yeah. it, man. You, you work that in with uh, with great dignity. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, and Kylo Ren was a really good uh, villain. So same with um, General Hux. It was fantastic. General yeah. Hux was brilliant. He like, was so much better than I thought he. I would had be. no. I, I like look. Okay, now we're kind of getting into. Sort of a couple of issues mm. here because yeah. General Hux was awesome. We've done without gushing. Look, Finn was great. All the villains were great. Well, maybe not. Some of the villains were great. <laughs> Two Let's out of three ain't bad. Maintenance. Look, we'll get it. Well, I'm sure we'll get into like the fact that it. My my big number one problem is the fact mm. that it follows New Hope too closely. But one thing it should have taken from New Hope, which it didn't. Some, one of the villains had to die in the end because yeah they blew up Starkiller Base but we've seen so many Death Stars destroyed at this point that that doesn't yeah. feel like a much of a victory like the fact is you know in New Hope you had Grand Moff Tarkin who was actually the antagonist of that film yep. hmm. more so than Vader who yep. was like his attack dog yep. and Grand Moff Tarkin died at the end and that felt like a victory so of the three of, well of the two main villains well the four main villains really between um, Snoke Kylo Ren Hux and Captain Phasma. So who, who was that last one? Cap- what? Cap- Captain. Who, who was Captain that? Fa- who? I, I'm so sorry. That, I just... Was that the guy on the had like traitor and he had the yeah, six? That? Yeah, that, that six was thing? a great villain. No, yeah. no, no, he yeah. died. No, who was who was Captain? Because uh, I heard about this character really in like the promotional material. Yeah, I, I was told that no, there was no, no, going to no. be this amazing Phasma. character, and I just Phasma didn't... was the one that caught BB-8 in the net on the planet. Was a oh, robotic hippo. Wait, no, was no, Phasma no, the no, um no, no. the junk dealer on the? Yeah, on Simon no, Pegg. No, no, Simon no, Pegg. No. Yeah, yeah, that was. No, because I read a bit about this person, and apparently they had like they had like a stormtrooper outfit that was shiny and chrome, and they were really shiny and chrome, and that was actually made from Emperor Palpatine's yacht. So yes, Space Captain Phasma. Oh, yeah, wow, Captain that was Phasma. that was so a disappointment. Those... That was a damp splat of a character. <laughs> See, that's just JJ Abrams with his referencing. He had to create a Boba Fett that was equally as disappointing. My yeah. my brother, I, my brother who's a big I'm quite a big Star Wars fan. My brother's a bigger Star Wars fan than me. Um and before the film came came out, we were sort of like discussing how excited we were about the film. And I remember saying to him, Yeah man, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna buy myself a Kylo Ren action figure. And he was like, Oh yeah, like like I'm just gonna wait to see if Kylo Ren's any good or not. But I bought a Captain Phasma action figure. <laughs> yeah, good work, mate. Oh, awesome job. Oh, um, think, gift of foresight. Yeah, so yeah, so those four main villains. But none of them argue. died. That's it. No, there was no no villain died. So there was no mm-hmm. real victory. Like you just know that. Like I, I have incredible doubts that we're going to come back in episode eight and actually see the First Order reeling from the destruction of Starkiller Base. I will bet anything they would just do an Empire Strikes Back and come back just as dangerous. Otherwise, there aren't really any stakes. If Starkiller mm. Base was so important to them, You're right. Like, then that, uh, w- that's a major defeat. But it's not going to be a major defeat because there's still two films to go. Because I was always so, wondering, and this is one thing that I would have loved to have had in the film itself, is just to establish a little bit more of... The politics, weirdly, I want more politics in Star Wars, but at least to establish the political landscape of where everything is at that moment in time. Like, I don't need to and go into like this. I'm so is, scared of touching on politics. This is the first they... Star Wars film where I, like, I, ha- I don't know who people are and like who mm. where they're coming from. Even in the prequels, I was quite clear. Right? Republic, separatist, 
Got yeah. it. Simple. And actually, another thing First is... First order, okay, they're, so they're not the Empire. They're just, they're just a faction. They're a strong faction. They're not the Empire. Then there's a resistance. Okay, why, why are they the resistance? I get why First Order would call them resistance. Why do they call themselves exactly. resistance? And if they're aligned What's with the Republic, Republic, why aren't they just... Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. create they a the stronger Republic? front if yeah. they were the Republic army so instead of an yeah. insurgent group? And, and, also and apparently they're like being an... funded... By yeah. privately by but layer, but they're still but part of the Republic. The Republic it's, works with the first order. It's what, so what? And it's there, crazy. There's apparently another convoluted. empire. And I think what I, can, what I was vaguely reading and what, what I can allude to is that I think there was a, another empire faction, like the remnant of the actual empire. See, this the, needed to be in the film. That the first, yeah. yeah, that the first order were like, no, thank you. you you're see, weak. You know, yeah. My own thing. It's funny how the film followed the structure of New Hope so closely, but missed so many of the things that made New Hope so good. Like, in New Hope, the conflict was so clear. Like, it was just... Right from the first shot, big evil empire, small, scrappy rebels, good guys, bad guys. We understand it. Done. Done. Straight away. Like, so simple. That just comes across with the name. With the New Hope, as much as, like, it is part of a greater whole... We mentioned before how it's a satisfying film in and of itself, and that comes back to this whole thing where Grand Moff Tarkin dies at the end because we don't see a greater villain than him. We don't see the Emperor, mm. or we, we hear about him, but we... So... Do we? No, we don't see the Emperor no, until... No, we don't see him until... Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, but do He's we mentioned. actually hear about him in The New Hope? Because well, I don't remember... Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. But, I mean, the Empire, you assume there's an Emperor yeah. if, there's, if it's an Empire. But anyway, like, the fact is, you know that there's more of the Empire. Mm. Yeah. But the villain you see is Tarkin. He's the guy they have to bring down. And in the end, they bring him down. Yeah, there's still more. But the reason that ending is so satisfying is because the antagonist of that film and that film alone dies at the end and the yeah. other one is defeated whereas in this one nobody dies all the villains just kind of go on and Snoke's set up from the start so it's like it's hard to feel particularly victorious about the destruction of Starkiller base because it's yeah. like what what I blow did you actually deal with who would you order? kill yeah see that's a tricky question because I don't want to lose Hux yeah Phasma's too inconsequential yeah Snoke's obviously too important and cough cough Plagueis cough cough and Kylo Ren obviously <laughs> oh. has more uh, going for him. So I'll be like, so happy. Hux is like the this. only one that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I don't want him to die because I thought he was, he was great. He was. So I was, as I said before, I wasn't expecting to like Hux. I thought it's like they're gonna try and do Tarkin again without mm. Peter Cushing and Peter Cushing. That speech. That Peter Cushing. Fucking speech. I wasn't sold because I wasn't sold on him until that speech. Mm. It was like, yeah, yo, you get to that stay. That was a fucking You're masterpiece. Good. That was just like, oh, I lost. Um, I was like, this is creepy and. I know that, you know, Star Wars has always kind of aped Nazi imagery for their bad guys, very, but very this much. is kind of going a bit extreme and I love it. So, so much fun in the worst way. Oh, it should not. Like, it was, and I've read reviews of people like, mm. that was going too far. And no, I was like, no, nah, it was great. That was it was pretty. awesome. It's, it's, we're past the point where mm. that's too soon. Yeah, <laughs> yes, significantly. Uh, I think, like, I, I would say Phasma, but I would have up. Ramped her Give role, it a yeah. Her a bit. Role. Because Particularly, she should have. Oh, you know she what? She should have been Finn's yeah. protagonist. Yes. Absolutely, whole, like she should have been film. obsessed with like bringing because that, there was that bit yeah. at the start where okay, there's a, right. Here's one major change I would make. That bit early on mm-hmm. where Kylo Ren says to Hux, "Oh, one of your stormtroopers is defected. Maybe we should be using a clone army after all." Mm-hmm. Okay, don't make that Hux. Make that Phasma coming in and saying, "All right, make Phasma the one who spearheaded the idea of." taking these babies and mm. workshopping them. That A, makes Phasma much mm. more evil in the grand scheme of things, mm. and B, gives her a personal stake in the whole thing of one of her men, instead of just being somebody who leads them, one of her men defecting. So mm-hmm. Phasma has to have a personal stake in bringing Finn back. Mm. Yep. Because even though Kylo Ren's like, oh, that traitor, and Hux is like, oh, that stormtrooper escaped, ultimately he's just a stormtrooper. Yeah. So what's the significance of him? He's just one soldier in many who ran off. So mm. you... 
And like, you, there'd have to be so many more AWOL yeah, stormtroopers. Yeah, so get have, rid of a lot of Hux's stuff. Make that Phasma. So Hux still gets yeah. his great speech. He's still in the background. Makes him a more mysterious villain. Gives him more to do in future mm. films. Give Phasma that role and make Phasma totally like make it like a Terminator style figure, mm. totally yep. obsessed with bringing Finn and to heal. She just had yeah, to be like, more not, active, mm, and, and not just yeah. to he- not just like to capture him, but she wants to brainwash him and bring him back in the fall. Absolutely, because she, she doesn't want to kill him. She has to. She's like, no, I just need to break him better. Yeah. yeah, Finn was one of yeah, her see, soldiers, one of her men. This should be a personal affront to her. Absolutely, that, she, that he's that he has a. And then her. it would have felt personal. It wouldn't have just been like you know there was a bit where the stormtroopers like traitor, and then Kylo Ren at the end was like traitor to him. It was like yeah okay, but like didn't really feel personal because he's just yeah. a grunt. Ultimately, yeah. he's just a yeah, grunt. I, I didn't see why um, to Kylo Ren been to be like traitor. Like how? Do, I yeah, like quest, question uh, Kylo. How do you even know much about this bugalug? Oh, like he he, he sensed he him, in the him and he saw him. Yeah, I just like I'm just kind of like yeah. I, don't, I don't see I, I just didn't really believe that yeah. Kylo Ren would have that much care about yeah this him Storm calling Trooper. him traitor was a great like moment I was like yeah. yeah this is sick but then I was also like it doesn't make too much sense yeah and also Kylo Ren but- you're a- <clears throat> excuse me again sorry Kylo hey from a certain perspective you're the traitor <laughs> you you did what you did what Finn did from my Reverse. point of view the Jedi are evil I guess but hey. You did kill a bunch, assumingly a bunch of Luke's apprentices there, so... Yeah. So here's, here's the maintenance mm. of Phasma. Every time Hux is like, send stormtroopers to retrieve Finn, it should be, Come Captain Phasma, me. go get Finn. And she's yeah. like, yep, I'm on it. And then yeah. she just goes like T-1000. I would have preferred her to go rogue. Uh, like I, I, she should be more committed to order. More, She's military. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I suppose. It's like, interesting to be like. I want it to be. I want it to be personal. I want to feel personal. I want to feel like her. Instead of her just following orders. Or even something like, you know, send your stormtroopers. Yes, I'll go myself. No, you send stormtroopers. I will go myself kind of thing. You know what? This Shit is like this that. is actually one chance, one opportunity. Uh, well, one, what am I saying? One example mm. where I think a film needed to be longer. And mm. you know what? Honestly, if we can sit through three three-hour-long fucking Hobbit films full of <laughs> waffle, yeah. I'm pretty sure The Force Awakens, I mean, you could have got rid of the whole Rathtar scene and, you know... Yep. They could have scrapped that and had 10 more, 10 more minutes of, I don't know, exposition. But you know what? Honestly, Phasma didn't need that much more to make it personal. No, just glimpses right. of her being like, I'm going to fucking run him down. Just makes the, the stakes feel high. Troops. Makes the stakes feel personal. Exactly. Give, the, but aside from anything else, mm. maybe get rid of the Rathtar scene, but I think the film easily could have had another half an hour. Nobody oh, yeah. was going to begrudge a two and a half hour long Star oh, Wars God, film. It could have had another half an hour and just been a bit slower with it yeah yeah, a, a bit more of a sta- again like, the, the first act needed a little bit more setting up fleshing out in my opinion I think just just to establish the universe and where we're being New dropped hope takes into, its time remember yeah, yeah where New we're hope being really dropped does. into there's a lot of time in the desert yeah quite uh, a bit more uh, than people remember yeah um, also make the you know the stormtrooper who had the sweet ass um, baton just light to fight with Finn Phasma, make that yes, Phasma yes. straight away. No, make that goddamn Phasma. It would make so much she sense. She still could have died in that scene. I mean, oh no, I'd keep no. her death to the end. I'd keep her death to start killer base. But mm. yeah, no, make that Phasma. Absolutely. That would have been <clears> fucking awesome. Particularly if Phasma's been established as this badass yeah. now, hypothetical version of Force Awakens. And then so when Phasma comes at yeah. Finn with a thing being like, traitor, and you're like, and oh, fuck, it would nah, send Finn chills fast. down your spine to Absolutely. hear that traitor from off screen from the magnificent from- Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah, just screaming yes. traitor, and then Finn being like, "Oh, oh man, yeah, oh god, and so problem, sorry." And then she has to get tree cross cross bolted. And the problem with that scene is that it's almost a kind of like Indiana Jones versus um, the guy with the scimitar, where it's kind of with like, less di- diarrhea. Yeah, less diarrhea, but it's kind of like 
she, he's you know he's got a, a, a lightsaber who's very untrained with, and the and the stormtrooper has a, a blaster, and he's yeah. like fuck that, let's have a hand to hand thing. It kind of makes no sense for him, yeah, because he's kind of like no, he'd be like you fucking trade, I've been shooting him. Whereas with Phasma, it makes more sense because she doesn't want to kill Finn; she wants to break him and bring him back. Yeah, so then you could be like. You know, then you then that would make a bit more sense to him, you know, her being smacking him and like taunting him, being like, you know, come back to the, you know, your fold kind of thing, your scum. I've been watching a lot of the Clone Wars cartoon series in the past mm. couple of weeks, and the best thing about that series by far is the camaraderie, camaraderie, camaraderie. one of those words between the clones, like the clone yeah, troopers, Rex, Rex and uh, Fives and whatever the hell their names are. Fuck them. Great guys, though. Yeah. <laughs> Solid characters. Solid characters. Really memorable. Really memorable. <laughs> but they do care for each other. They mm. are absolutely brothers in arms. And if one of them went rogue and turned on and turned mm. on other clones, they would be deeply personally invested in getting that clone back. Finn didn't feel much like... like yeah, there was the trauma and everything, but he didn't feel much like someone who lived his life in a subservient sort of yeah, he military was, environment. A lot of, a lot of pep. For a, yes, guy who a hit, for a guy who's been downtrodden his whole life. For a guy who's been raised in like a Spartan environment since he was a mm, baby. To kill his mates as well. Yeah, it was people, kind of odd. Yeah. I noticed that in the first like showing of the film. He's like, he gets like that whole uh, Saving Private Ryan battle fatigue yeah. in the first like combat when he gets the blood in his face and everything, and he's having the panic attack. That was. Good. And he's like, I can't, mm. I can't do this, I can't do this, and then he's blasting stormtroopers left and right when he escapes. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Which like, I kind of get because, and- on, in defense of that point, I'm arguing with myself. Fuck you, Tom. Mm-hmm. That's because he didn't want to massacre people at the village because that's just murder. Mm-hmm. But when he's escaping, it's kill or be killed. Yeah, more of the yeah. soldiers. Yeah, sort of yeah I kind of understand. You could kind of argue that in your head, but at the same yeah. time, it almost be. It would be nice of him to be almost with Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron being like, shoot him. Like I don't them. No, <laughs> they're my friends. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. And even then, have a back, like you know, even then have like an uh, almost a debate. Make him more conflicted, um, and that would, could actually be a okay. This that would actually exp- uh, help fix one of the moments mm. that I thought came totally out of left field, mm. where you know the bit where which does make sense, but I just thought it didn't feel right. Mm. The bit where in Maz Kanata's place, where he's like, "Oh no, I'm I'm leaving now." When up until that point, he's seen... No, like that makes, was fine. No, I, I didn't... I, no, it his whole, felt like yeah. it came out of nowhere. His whole like thing he, was that he wants to run away from yeah, but the he first never, order. He never felt that desperate. He never felt that... Like, he was still joking and, you know, mm. yeah. making quips and everything. And then suddenly he's like, no, I'm this traumatized. I'm out. I'm out. Which, it does make sense. I just think for how the character had been played to that mm. point, it was out of left field. I see where now, if he's conflicted yeah. about killing his friends mm. and he's had to do it a couple of times, he's a bit shaken by it. And now he's conflicted. Now, maybe if, like... Okay, this is the one line that would fix the whole thing for me. If they'd said, okay, we're going to go to the resistance and, you know, you're going to fight and all of this. And he's like, and no. if, if it's actually a moment for me, like, no, I'm, I don't, I don't want to kill my friends. I've been raised with these people. Yeah. I don't want any part of this conflict. I just want to get away from the First Order. That's all I want. But then in oh, the yeah. end, he sort of realizes that Ray is kind of the first real friend he's had. And so he has to go back to save her. Uh, and that's him choosing. And Pogamron, <laughs> yeah, sorry. But that's him choosing his side. Yeah. That's him. And that's his arc is about choosing your side because the whole galaxy is at war. And you don't get to just be the drifter in the middle. Han Solo could have a. You could actually up Han Solo having the same arc where you don't get to just be in the middle of this. Yeah, it almost choose it, your, it to mirrors choose your side. You know, Han Solo's sort of arc in, in, in episode four to be... Yeah, you know, and sort of his arc in this one as well, where really he's kind of just a drifter of in the middle of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay that. 
Uh, yeah. hmm, that's a sort of, yeah, I, that would be a nice little fix. I would like, you know, when the with him and Poe Dameron and they're sort of, uh, the TIE fighter is being tied to the thing and then, then Poe Dameron's being like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. Then that would be nice to have, the, again, that little conflict be like, no, I'm not shooting them, they're my mates. And him being like, if they don't, if you don't shoot them, they're going to shoot us and we got to get out of here, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, very charismatic Oscar Isaac-y dialogue. Uh-huh. Um and then that would have given again, right? Like a little, a little five second little line there. Sweet, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more sold. Sweet, yeah. all right, all right, yeah. all right, Finn, you're doing that. Sweet, sweet. So yeah, that's. Look, the biggest thing that I think would have One. helped for me would have been get rid of Starkiller Base. Like, yep. okay, you have had it has been thirty years since the last time there was a Death Star used uh-huh. in a Star Wars film. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you do we do we like in, in that time nobody could come up with a better alternative than a third fucking Death Star? Sure, you made it look a bit different, mm. and sure there were some trees growing on it this time, but it still blew up a planet. Which oh by the way, like we planets. saw in yeah sure four planets. Great, that, what what a way to up the states from nineteen seventy fucking seven. The last time we saw a Death Star do the same thing. Sure, and, and what nobody mm. in the probably enormous think tank Disney employed to come up with this film, nobody could think of a better alternative than another fucking Death Star with another fucking exhaust port or whatever the fuck it was that somebody had to shoot in the right place and like... And a shield that and, they combined. And a shield that they, like, what, really? I like that they sort of, like, like they took the part from yeah, the yeah, New yeah. Hope Death Star and the Return of the Jedi Death Star and put it into one. Yeah, yeah. great. Because uh, they awesome. both worked so like, well. Again, when I, when I saw the posters and it was like, this is the Death Star, I was like, mm, why not do that however if you look at it things from the uh the first order perspective where it's almost like they look at it as a uh, a revised version of the history that they have because you've got um kylo ren obsessing about darth vader and almost doing his own spin of what history happened same thing with probably snoke same thing with hux being like actually what really happened was this because you know, you've got to remember mm. for the grand scheme of the star wars universe Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Palpatine entered a room. One came out. Right? Yeah. We don't know what happened. So there could be a lot of lies and a lot of like misremembering of history. And so, of course, they would build another Death Star because these guys have a fucking hard on for the Empire. So yeah, okay, look, sure, it makes sense from a character perspective. Fine. Yeah. On it that, does not make for no. satisfying filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> on that note of um, the Palpatine, mm. Vader, and Luke went into a room, and mm-hmm. two of them left. Do you think Luke told Kylo Ren that Vader did come back to the light? Look, apparently at in some the, point. Because so. that in the seems like a key point to, me- to mention. I can't believe I'm evoking the Because Kylo here, Ren seems to be under the impression no, he, that Vader he was. Knows. Still it's in the script, bad. it's in the screenplay, and it's in the novelization. Okay. Um, so it's it is yeah. canon, I guess, that Kylo Ren does know that Vader did turn. And right. apparently there's a bit where Snoke says to him something like, if Vader hadn't had the weakness for his son. Okay, now if that had been in the film, that would explain more why it was yes, so yes, important that Kylo Ren killed Han Solo. Yeah. Because it was like, now I'm succe- I couldn't kill, he couldn't kill a family member, I am succeeding where Vader failed. Which, And I love this idea that Kylo Ren's it's like, like I'm going to do runs. this, mm. I'm going to succeed where Vader failed, and he killed... And apparently there's a bit in the screenplay or the novelization. I'm, I'm reading the novelization at the moment because I just need answers, I just need to know. But... <laughs> Like, there's apparently there's a bit in there where it says that Kylo Ren, after he kills Han Solo, he was like, this is going to make me stronger. And then he's like, no, it actually made me feel weaker. And Mm. I was like, see, that's really interesting to me, the idea that this guy is, like, so desperate to succeed where Vader fails. And he he does, but it's actually the greatest loss he possibly could have. Yeah, could have had is that he's he's not only killed his own father, but he has just severed a huge part of his own humanity, Mm. which he was grappling with. And now it's like, yeah, sure, I guess you got what you want, but like... Mm. 
great at what cost like yeah. it's, it's actually quite a tragic it character is. arc that did, wasn't quite developed to the point where it, it made me feel as much as it should have the other thing is you know I watched I rewatched Kingsman the other night which I think is my favourite film of 2015 I watched it like, for the first time last week I love it's it good it's very good it's a good. great fucking movie much, it's got the same storyline as A New Hope <laughs> who cares no, I, it's, I'm not, it's, that's not, not a criticism. A, it's I love not it. another film in the same franchise aping the, aping the plot. But the cool thing about it is that, like... Oh, no, sorry. Um, what struck me about mm. Kingsman watching it was when Colin Firth's character... Spoilers. Mm. So You done? When Colin Firth's yes. character dies, there is a lot of time given to the character's grieving. There is a lot of time given to the character's sort of... Yeah, the you know, fuck Sitting there happened. and being like, what the fuck just happened? When Obi-Wan Kenobi died in A New Hope... Yeah, you don't get much in the moment. You get them screaming they have to get out of it, but you still have Luke sitting there being like, oh, fuck, I can't believe he's gone. And they talk about it and they address it and they're shaken by it, even though he shows more emotional reaction to Obi-Wan dying than A, Leia shows to a whole planet being blown up or B, Luke shows to the people who raised him dying. But whatever, who cares? Perfect film. Um, In Force Awakens, when Han Solo, a character who has been iconic for nigh on 40 years, when he dies, we get the characters yell and then we dive straight into a fight scene. We get Leia looking slightly miffed (laughs) <laughs> and then there's a bit at the end where they r- arrive there and Leia, instead of hugging Chewie, who walks right past her, goes and hugs Ray, who she's never met before. Because Chewie's yeah. a dog. <laughs> like, wh- what? Like, I'm sorry, but did anybody else? Like, look, yeah. I, Han's death, in <clears throat> yeah. theory, I liked. And I think it worked in the moment. Like, when, okay, when Han <clears throat> walked out on that bridge, <clears throat> and look, retrospectively, I have an issue that I thought... Han deserved his own death, not a very close reflecting of Obi-Wan Kenobi's death. But you know what? I, I think it worked in the moment. And him walking out in the bridge, I felt physically ill in the cinema because I knew oh, what was going to happen. I was so excited. And I was like, I felt sick. Yeah. I was like, stop, stop, I knew he was going to die. Stop, don't do it. That wasn't no, how I thought it was going to happen ever. Like, I didn't... But I always assumed that so Han, happy. Chewie, Falcon, 3 and 1 all die at once. But ah, here's the thing, see, though. No, characters- like, when he got stabbed, I had the... Weirdly, yeah. I had a big old fucking grin. It was like, this is good. It was, I ate it up. Yeah, like, but as soon as he stepped into the bridge, you're like, as, oh, as soon as he was yeah. stabbed, it just the movie just went right on. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, but Han deserved more. And look, give him like a funeral scene or give him like just something, just some moment for the characters to really... I mean, it's, it's Han Solo. Like, okay, yeah. here's the thing. I've loved Star Wars since I was a very small kid. That character means a lot to me. All those characters mean a lot to me. If Han Solo dies... I want to fucking cry. Yeah. I want to be bawling my fucking eyes out. And I didn't cry. There are two moments I where I nearly feel, cried. I didn't even come close to crying. Yeah. No, no, no death. But the one, which is kind of, I think it's just the score that gets me, is that tracking shot of Poe gunning down TIE Fighters. I that was, was like, glorious. That, That's an that amazing gets, moment. That like, gets me like that shortness of breath before you start crying. I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. And the other moment when Faye grabbed, when Faye? Faye? No, fucking Faye. Faye. Yeah, Ray, right. four scraps. <laughs> that's that's, that's and I was like, Those are oh, two stellar there we moments. Are. I said, to the, really I said to the people I was seeing the film with, there's a fairly decent chance I'm going to cry because I've been feeling it in the days beforehand. I was like getting excited. It was the same day I graduated from university. I was, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm at the like, peak up, emotional up, up level. High, yeah. I get it. I get you. Didn't but actually yeah. cry, but came close. But you're right. There, there was that close, but I did have emotional impact that Han's death did because he gets stabbed and then he just falls... And he almost has like you know the emperor death where he's forced. Yeah, um, yeah. And you you can't get his body back. You can't bury him. You can't you know put him. Even Vader who slaughtered so. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many kids got a Viking funeral. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, look, I mean, it's kind of nice that, look, sometimes life happens where, you know, bad things just happen and, and you can't control everything. But you're right. It, it, look, Hans, I mean, look, the, the big disappointment for me, which I look from a storytelling perspective, I don't mind. From a personal perspective, oh. I really want to see Han, Luke and Leia together again. Yeah. That we're not going to say that. That's okay. That's, oh, but, that's all right. This scene, right? Somehow they stab Han. But they leave his body there or whatever. Chewie gets the body. Then you can have, like, the fucking Falcon come back to the resistance. Lowers the fucking thing. There's Chewie just carrying Han's dead body to Leia. Oh. Fuck, that would have got me good. Yeah, that would have... That would have... That <laughs> the Arkham City ending. You, okay, you yes! just... You, you said that. Um, <laughs> and I just, got that shortness of breath before yeah. you started crying when you said that. I saw it in my head and I was like... That oh, would have been so oh. sad. And then Leia could That was more like, emotional reaction oh. than I got in the film. And because then Leia could have been like, I felt a disturbance in the force, but I didn't know it was this. Oh, no. Oh. And you'd be like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. oh Jesus. No. That would no, have been knife in my heart. good. Actual knife in my heart. Oh. Like, that would have been good. And then the end could have been with Ray going to find Luke juxtaposed with Leia, Chewie, maybe a sneaky Lando cameo. Oh my um, god, like Lando, and Lando comes to the funeral and yeah. it just, just for a moment. Like it's See, a sneaky Lando. Stop it! Something. Stop it! Right now! You, you stop it! And you have this being like this beautiful moment where it's like Ray is trying to find Luke but they're also having a good bite of fucking Han no. and you're like this is no, the sort of stop. moment where it's like it's a bittersweet ending. It's so uh, bittersweet. I would have liked a funeral scene, but I can go without it. I am actually okay with nah, what I happened after Han died. <laughs> On Lando, though, yeah, I'm actually, I'm I would have switched out. I would have switched out Max von Sindel's character for Lando. Oh yeah, this old hermit living, living yeah, thing. Why would Lando be? Land, you know that Lando's in a yeah. intergalactic harem somewhere, <laughs> yeah. surrounded by his bitches, but having a time. I just it's a pet peeve. With a cane. Whenever mm. someone's like they're meeting an old friend who you've never seen before, just like when you're meeting an old friend, actually have it be an old friend. And yeah, I, I think, Lando would be a fine, you know, fine I, I think to put him because he can't to... do much else. Because. 
Billy D, bless him, yeah. is quite old. Even in Rebels, where he's in it, and he's like, Lando's a young man, he sounds like an old man. <laughs> and you're like, you're, you're watching, and it's this really weird disconnect, because it's like, look, in theory, I love this. It's like Lando yeah, in Rebels, yeah, yeah. and he's a scoundrel, and he's like, he's flirting with like the girls who... Uh, the characters of like Sabine in particular, who's meant to be like in her late teens, and I think the actress is in her late teens. He's like flirting with her. Yeah. I don't know Lando's meant to be like in his twenties when this takes place. Is he flirting but with he's Ahsoka? got this old man voice. I can get behind that. I have not seen. I haven't watched the second half of season two yet. Yeah, same actually. I'm, or like, or any of season two really, apart from that one cool episode where they did a Jaws riff. Oh, sick! <laughs> they do like an yeah. episode where they meet the clones on this planet, and um, they're hunting oh, this sand monster. Oh, and yeah. It's a complete Jaws riff. It's amazing. It's like they're in there. And it's like Rex is like strapped into the seat. I like have some. That's a good episode. I love it when they do that. And the soundtrack is like ripping off Jaws. <laughs> and it's like it's it's insane. I watch it. Be like, holy fuck! This oh, is that's this so is good. So bold faced. There's rip-off. an episode of the Clone Wars. I watched it like a couple of days ago, and it's <clears throat> Seven Samurai. Oh, Just brilliant! <laughs> oh, good. Amazing. So well, yeah, you know, I think... Star Wars was always ripping off influences. Yeah, from Star absolutely. So it's, it's, it's a plot of the hidden fortress. Homages. So I think yeah, that that'd be a nice way to have. I think you tweak the third act a little bit. Yeah, don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't make it Star Killer Base. I'd make it a different thing, just something that wasn't Anything spherical. Else. It could just be a base on a planet, just that wasn't blowing up planets. Just a. Or like a palace, maybe, or yeah, something, just or something. just something and that wasn't another. If Death they were Star. destroying a planet. I don't want a destruction of a planet. I don't want what happened, which was like just one beam split into four and destroyed a whole fucking star system. I would rather them come in to be like, holy, is that Starkiller Base? This giant, look at the Star Destroyer, and then like times that by ten. I'm like, that's your fucking Starkiller Base. This gigantic fortress that, you know, looks like a ship. And mm. it just bombs the shit out of these places. Doesn't blow up, but actually bombs Like them. a more crude and brutal yeah, weapon. And because, like, Something suiting, you know what's, suiting the more, First Order. Like, what if it was the kind of... Yeah, you think about the First Order... Because they get called brutes not, several times in the They're not the Empire. Film. Empire is methodical, calculated, and clinical. Yeah, yeah, it blows up Aldrin, but Aldrin gets blown up like that. It's yeah. gone. What if you they, like, dropped... You don't want that for what the First if, Order. Oh, you know what? You know what would actually be a much more effective way to fuck with... The first, uh, sorry, the resistance and the republic psychologically, is instead of just blowing up planets, you drop like Rathcars? poison bombs or rathtars. That would actually explain why the rathtars were set up, but I, I wouldn't use them because I think they're a bit goofy. Yeah, but like you drop like imagine like something equivalent to like space napalm. Like you drop it, it and you it. burn out these planets so that the mm. planets are still there. But instead, they become like these monuments to Republic failure. So you've got like the buildings and everything still there, but it's like it's almost like a Chernobyl, oh. and they're yeah. left there and they still exist. As like a reminder, this is what we can do. Just these like wastelands, and then these in the future films, yeah. they can have to go to one on a mission and see that there's still some survivors. Yeah, it's been abandoned. Even, a great idea for like, an anthology film. Yeah, even yeah. something like um, using the light because I th- I think did Starkiller Base use lightsaber tech in its mm, boom? I, I got that they were just getting the sun, sun and, and chucking, chucking it, it. the yeah. other side. All right. Even if they did like something a like. Like a big fun. Again, I like the First Order kind of like almost Star Fox Jedis and the Sith to be like, yeah, they're so good. Um, to kind of get some of their technology and bastardize it and, and make it their own. Like how, you know, Kylo has the sword and that could have been representative, representative of the First Order of, of itself. So you have the Starkiller base, which hopefully is a giant ship at this point. Um, and even having like lightsaber bombs... Like using that technology where it would just like a, like a force of lightning, like force of lightning, force of like the lightsaber energy just kind of gets dropped and just goes out and just disintegrates all organic matter or shit like that. And then, yeah, you kind of have that idea where they're just decimating and destroying all these planets, but still keeping the interiors and exteriors in touch 
but absolutely just destroying it's more society. You're not just mm. like removing it, you're turning it into literally a monument to your own yeah. success and the enemy's failure. And the that would have been better. The thing about The Force Awakens is like ultimately, like, yeah, it was like it was a <clears throat> it was a really good film. And it to me, it's not a film that I would look at and totally re-script from top to bottom. It's just a film that I would make little tiny tweaks little to, to A, differentiate it from New Hope and B, sort of take advantage of some of like the good lessons from the previous yeah. films I could have used. So I think you got, you got Finn having a bit more of a conflict going up against the First Order because even though he's been brainwashed, he would still form connections with these people that he's been raised, raised with since a small child. Hmm. Uh, have Phasma play an in- integral role to be really hound- hounding Finn. Would you have Phasma die at the end and how? Yes, I would have her die... On Starkiller Base or whatever equivalent we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how would well, you Finn want would it, have to kill her? I was like, would you want it personal with Finn killing her or are you going to have it her being blown up? And would Finn you have- killing her would be great. I saw someone online had a great idea, which is have Captain Phasma and Chewie fight, oh, which yeah. would be a pretty sick thing to see. Yeah, that's fine. Good. I can, I can say I that. Can, I can get behind that. I was just thinking, instead of having fucking... Because you don't want to get... In, Look, they got, for some reason, every fucking ship that the Empire slash First Order design is a little tiny thing we can just flick and it blows up. If we have that they're using chemical weapons or at least some kind of weapon that disintegrates just organic life, f- f- flip it on them. So then they, so they have this yeah. giant, <clears throat> you know, base. And so our heroes flip it and so the gunner goes back in and destroys, uh, you know, sets the bomb off inside the base. So all the um, First Order people die and then they, this this giant star killer base becomes their tomb like their their tombstone so that becomes you know their floating um monument to yeah, their yeah, failure see, there you go so you know you have that sort of merit to be like yeah you thought you were so good you, you destroyed our Republic, that's great that's cyclical that's and you could have like what makes the first order so effective mm. is this idea that they're turning mm places into like these tombs and monuments and making them like these haunting mm. desolate galaxy wastelands that are saying don't fuck with us yeah and then it kind of happens to them at the end and that a that differentiates them from the empire who just blow planets up mm-hmm. and b that differentiates the resistance by just not blowing something up or being a bit smart about it yeah it? being a bit smart about it, turning it back on them turning it back on them it's i, I don't yeah. so much have a problem with star killer base that i don't like that it got destroyed like, my problem with the Death Star isn't that they built another Death Star, is that they didn't build ten more Death Stars. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why would you want to see... Why do you want to see more Death Stars? Because like, no, like, let's not practic- talk about, like, what makes sense in the yeah. universe. Let's yeah. talk about what makes sense from storytelling. Why do you want to see more Death Stars? We've I, seen I like two. the idea that it was a they planet. They look slightly different. Mm. Now we've seen one that looks a bit more like a planet. Yeah. Go, okay, can, can, we, can we be done with Death Stars? Please, can we I be done like with Death Stars? This is a plea to Disney... Please don't do any more Death Stars. I would be fine Please. if they had Starkiller Base and kept it so it didn't get the Death Star run at the end of the film. It, it sta- stuck around. Star. It would still be Death Star and you can save the Death Star run for a later film. But I don't want to but see any more Death Star runs, Tom. That's I do. the point. I'm okay with it. Why? I like it. It's fun. Why do you just... This, okay, actually, Actually, nothing I'd get rid of is Poe Dameron's Death Star trench run. Yeah, that was very, very, it. very... It. it was like, I get what you're trying to do here. Like a nod to that, but... You know, Poe Dameron. Don't you want to he's see sick, new sick, things? He's a or cunt. Why he doesn't need another sick cut moment? He's just, it's fine. <laughs> Don't you want to see new things or things done in different ways? Like it just, you know, there's. It's been actually really, really fascinating to watch. Like I think I, I said this the other day, and I, I kind of have been finding that like, I've really, really been enjoying the amount of think pieces about Star Wars that have been coming out, and I've been reading mm. a lot of them, and 
it's because like look to, to me with Force Awakens I was really excited for it I rewatched all the films like over a weekend before I spent the day beforehand like listening to the soundtrack sitting there just thinking about Star Wars and then like when I watched it, honestly, I walked out and I felt a bit disappointed. And I think part of that was because with all the secrecy in the marketing, I expected that we were in for something amazing because mm. why keep it under wraps if it's you know not going to be some incredible shocking plot? And then it wasn't. It was just A New Hope. But that, you know that's okay because the second time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. The second time I knew what the problems were and my problems remained, but I enjoyed it a lot yeah. more the second time. I, I was I like, I, I can identify the issues, but I know what I'm in for and it's a fun time. romp and that's great. But it's funny watching some people kind of coming out now in defense of the prequels and saying that, and hang on, hang on, hear me out, hear me out. Like we know, we know, okay. We know the prequels are shit. We've been there, but in defense of certain aspects of the prequels saying, you know what? Like, sure. The prequels were garbage films. They were terribly written. They were badly developed there. We, we know what the flaws mm-hmm. of the prequels are. We've complained about them ad nauseum, yep. but at least they were doing something new. Yeah, at least they were, they were telling were different. a different story. And you know what? <clears throat> The base story of the prequel trilogy, the Shakespearean, you know, rise and fall of this Jedi and his fall to the dark side and his corruption is actually a great story in and of itself. Mm, it yeah. just needed other writers and directors. And that's that's fine. But a great analogy that somebody made, and this, I don't know, look, it's too early in all of this to see kind of what Disney's reign over Star Wars is going to look like going forward. But there was this fascinating article I read that talked about Star Wars in terms of Harry Potter. And this was a guy trying to contextual, trying to explain and, I guess, verbalise what his problems with Force Awakens were. And he said, okay, you imagine that the Harry Potter series, for some reason, you know, the books were coming out, huge phenomenon, and then for some reason, the last three books were suddenly just terrible. Like, for some reason, the last three books were just badly written, all over the place, made no sense, and were shit. And then 10 years later, J.K. Rowling said, you know what, I'm selling the rights, I'm letting a whole bunch of, like, interesting, up-and-coming, exciting authors play in the playground. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You look at that and you say, yeah, okay, sure thing, that's going to be great and exciting, and there are, like, better writers, directors, like, coming in doing their own thing with it. But it is, but but would you still consider those later books part of the series? Because it's no longer one person's mm. vision, which Star Wars, by the way, always was. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was the first six films. Say what you will about them, for better or worse, they were one man's vision. And Force Awakens is somebody else's. And Lucas has said, I wanted to do something different. He said, I want to tell the story of what happened next and develop new planets and new stories. And his exact words were, Disney wants to make a throwback film. And on the one hand, it's like, yeah, sure, you've given the fans what they've wanted. You've given them a Star Wars film that looks, acts, and feels like a Star Wars film. And that's fine. But is there part of you, because I know there's part of me, that feels a little bit like, I kind of want to know what Luke's idea of what happened next was. Handled by different writers, directors, Mm. handled in a good way, like he did with the original films, apart from New Hope. But there's part of me that feels like Force Awakens rang a little bit hollow because it felt almost like it was approved by committee to be a Star Wars film that would please fans on every level. Now, here's the other thing. This whole idea of this new trilogy, okay, yeah, J.J. Abrams wrote and directed this first one with Lawrence Kasdan. Um, The next one's being written and directed by Ryan Johnson of Looper and Brick. Um, The third one's being written and directed by Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. So my question is, yeah, we know the first six films were George Lucas's vision and his epic. My question is, whose vision are we watching now? Who has worked out the plot of this trilogy or is it literally just chosen by committee at disney and is is, is that yeah, what it is because it is, to me that rings a little bit hollow it yeah. is a, an interesting thought i'm just it, I'm, not, I'm not saying the thought is right or wrong i'm not mm. because look honestly we're not going to know what the legacy of force awakens and of this whole new trilogy mm. is until the trilogy is like, all out i'm just putting the argument out there and yeah for, for means of discussion uh, you know in, in, in the ultimate universe where you know george lucas was like look i've written these prequel stories 
and then got someone else to direct uh, and sort of polish up. Which is kind of what kickstarted movie maintenance in the first place. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, That would be cool. That would be rad. That would have been nice. And I I forget who it was, who who, who Lucas approached to direct the first Phantom Menace. Oh, it was Ron Howard. Was it? Yeah. And I think so, yeah. I think, yeah. It might have been Ron Howard. No, I'm pretty sure it was Ron Who Howard. Who was, was David Lynch? David Lynch was, <laughs> was the Jedi. 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 Yeah. So it would have been nice. And I think because I forget, I think it might have been Ron Howard or someone else to be like, no, Lucas, you direct them. This, you, this is your story. You direct them. It's all them. Ron Howard's fault. So <laughs> whoever said that, if damn it was Ron OP. Howard, damn you. Um, but it would be nice to see those those films to be like, if someone he came in to be like, hey, can you direct this? And he went, yes, I fucking will. And that's the most painful thing about the prequel trilogy is the fact that, like, the story is actually so good. And there are moments, there are mm. glimmers in those films. Mm. Mo- rewatching them all. Exactly. Like, I did... you got to watch them blurry-eyed and a little bit drunk. Yeah, true. But, like, I did my, I did my sort of, um, mm. you know, all six films viewing before. And I watched um, episode one, two, and three in one day and then four, five, and six the next day, which is the way to do it. I've done all six films in one day before Oof. and it's difficult because by the time you get to New Hope, you just fucking hate Star Wars and you know, <laughs> hate yourself. But doing it three one day, three the next, and you know you're not going to mm. deal with three more of these when you get to the end of the prequels, even though they're the three good ones. Like, it's funny because rewatching the prequels, I was like, there are moments and yeah. there are glimmers where you're like, you see what they could have been. And honestly, if somebody had handled them the right way, even though it was still George Lucas's overall vision about the rise and fall of this democracy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seen through the eyes of this corrupt Jedi, mm. like they could have been so good. Yeah. And that's why I really, really still, I, I, look, I don't wish because I don't know, yeah. but I would love to see what Lucas's treatment for seven, eight, nine was yes. and whether in the hands of a decent writer director who could take his work and do something spectacular with it, we might've actually ended up with something that like the force awakens was very good. But I think there's a chance that we might have actually ended up with something really great. But I, mean, I don't know because I haven't read the treatment. I well, have no exactly. idea. I, 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 I'm just think, putting the argument I, out there. Is it even out there, or is that the treatment? Like, no, it's not. Or I, is that Disney ninety being percent like, sure Disney would be like, yeah. no. That would have been like part of the deal. Like I, Lucas, you can't do shit. Yeah, which is Stop. which is sad because I think Lucas has this really good, you know, yeah. had at least at one point this sort of visionary kind of thing. But anyway, it does make me sad when people keep ragging on George Lucas because, like. Uh, like, you suck, you did the prequels. Yeah, no, I did it myself as well. Like, <laughs> he's like, you did the prequels, you suck, you suck. Yeah, you know what Lucas also did? Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Without him, there is no Star yeah. Wars. Everything you love does come and from Lucas. Is, like, and I'm- Indiana Jones, and Apple, and Pixar, and digital effects in Hollywood for the past 40 years. And good Coming sound. from Lucas. And good sound. Like, and good yeah, sound. Like, like, I can, like, I can forgive the prequels a lot. Like, he's I just, and man. the fact is, like, yeah, sure, they're shit. We, we know. Mm. And I'm not even going to, like, I'm... I'm at a point now where it's like there are elements of the prequels I actually strongly defend. I mean, by and large, they're terrible films. Mm. But the fact of the matter is, like, is there anything, is there literally anything you can say about the prequels at this point and about their flaws that hasn't already been said? I'm a little bit bored of it. Mm, we know yeah. Jar Jar Binks is shit. We know there's too much CGI. We know the dialogue's crap. We know the love story's crap. Direction we, is bad. Yeah, we know. We know. It's, so, yeah. getting back to Force Awakens... I think, you know, again, you look at that being, yeah, like the, the direction was actually really good. The characters are uh, spot on. Like, I loved seeing a Star Wars film where characters actually were unlikable. Re- re- likable yeah. and they would relate to company. each other. Yeah. Like, that was a new thing, uh, seeing that in the cinemas um, yeah. for the first time. Yeah. So that was great. But you're right, there's these little, little few things you kind of like, you know, just little threads you kind of just pull to be like, I just, uh, this, this could be a bit better here, this could be better here. And again, yeah, so it's Finn being a bit more conflicted, Phasma has such a big role. 
um, maybe turn Starkiller Base into something that maybe not a sphere, or at least don't get blown <laughs> up. And yeah, the whole Republic, I would rather them be wiped out in organic, like, you know, as in like an organic bomb rather than say uh, the whole planet being blown up. Um, mm. And yeah, I would have, I would have loved to see Han's death handled with a bit more heartstrings. I, I, yeah. Like now mm. thinking about it, having Chewie holding Han, the whole uh, Arkham Knight, or for me, it's like the um, Scott Summers holding Phoenix, yeah. and for other people, it might be Superman holding Supergirl. Um, but that kind of iconic shot of just you know him walking down the Millennium Falcon because I like the idea that yeah Leia is connected to the Force although it would look kind of goofy it would look kind of goofy <laughs> no it would be fine it's just I'm like just seeing it in my head big look, massive dog yeah. Carrie Fisher no I don't I don't think it will look goofy at all because like we've we've followed this series for so long we've been oh, for so long I think it'll still be a I bit goofy I think you're totally wrong it would, I think <laughs> it'll be beautiful but but even to have because Carrie okay, but giving Carrie yeah. look on the one hand I'm like give Carrie Fisher more to do on the other hand her face didn't work properly <laughs> and look you know, oh, I, 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 know. I know that there's been all the everything uh, on the about body shape. Yeah. I'm not even no. I'm not body shame. I'm, I'm not doing any of that things. I think Carrie Fisher looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think you know all of that. I just think when watching her and Harrison Ford together, one of them had consistently been on the screen for 30 years. One of them had not, and it was very very obvious which was which. Mm. Yeah, but even yeah, maybe. And I there's a friend of mine I, I, who I saw yeah. it with the first time. He actually walked out and he was like. Because I said I want to see more of Leia and Han, and he was like, I think there was a reason there wasn't that much uh, Leia and Han. Like I think there was a reason they curtailed Leia's role. But it would have been nice, you maybe get her a bit, bit more coaching or whatever. Uh, but mm. even because again, with Leia being force sensitive, but not amazingly force sensitive, so mm-hmm. to her to have that moment of like, oh, I felt a disturbance in the force, which we got, but didn't. But know not it was knowing Han, what which it was just makes the tragedy would have been so, so much nicer. Like, and there's a blind in the book that is uh, when they're saying goodbye. I think Han says something like. I have something to tell you. And Leia's like, say it when you get say back. Say when you get back. And you're like, mm-hmm. And so to have that moment in the film. And See, then, if Chewie and walked then, out holding Han's body and yeah. Leia was walking towards him being like, yeah, we were victorious. We were, and then she sees him and just, and then just to imagining drop. her, oh my God. And just to have, oh my God, I'm going to, my hair oh. up. So that, that, relies, that relies on her facial expressing changing. no. no. Wide shot, fuck <laughs> you, we can do it. So to have that like wide shot, just like, literally drop to her knees and just be like, at what cost? Kind of thing, because like this that is a guy that oh. that would that kind of breaks me right now. That is mm. so good. So to have that, I'd be happy with just that fix. Actually, yeah, like I, I want all the other fixes too, but just that so fix. Have that, that's get rid of the Rathgar scene because terrible. Um, I just that felt so much. I think I've said this in the um, plumbing the Death Star. Star Trek. That it just felt so much like Star Trek. I hated that bit. Um, so get rid of that bit, um, and then you have. The the trench run you don't need it, uh, particularly if we change it to like more of them them just turning their bomb on themselves so it gasses them all. And because look, I love Poe Dameron being a sick cunt, but I just didn't need him doing the trench run because for Luke it felt cool because you, you it was and this, for Luke this, it felt earned because yeah. it had been his arc the whole film. Yeah, Poe was a supporting this guy character. he's been you know uh, uh, raised on a fucking moisture farm doing sweet fuck all, and then he does the trench run like yeah. sick. That's great. So that would have been cool. The one other fix I love that Max Landis was talking about. So Max Landis, son of John Landis, a uh, very vocal internet person and also a screenwriter of Chronicle and others. Um, yeah, he had this really cool thing where it was in the fight of Ray and um, Finn and him to be just like a bit more on that side of, I think I fucked up and I don't know how I feel right now and I kind of want to die. And so him to be taunting 
uh, Ray and Finn to be like, kill me, kill I actually, me, kill me. I read something I like really, that. that made a really good point. And it's not often what I read something after, because normally I, I really believe that how a film makes you feel in the moment and immediately yeah. afterwards is to me what makes a film. I mean, like in some cases you can rewatch and get yeah. more things from it and everything, but it's very, I, I don't believe in like reading a review that can like change your opinion. And I've had okay. people like, like with Prometheus, I had a friend who once made a really compelling argument for why Prometheus was a good film. No, it's trash. And no, it is trash. Mm. But like at the time I was like, oh, you make a really good point. But then it didn't change my feelings on the film at all. But oh, I did read one size. thing. One problem okay. I had with Force Awakens that I said over and over <clears> again was that like Ray defeated Kylo Ren too easily when, you know, he was like trained by Luke <laughs> and everything. And I was saying that for ages until somebody, I read, somebody pointed me to an article, which was like, like saying to people like me, you're a fucking moron. The film has been hitting you over the head the whole oh, yeah, time yeah. with how powerful Chewie's blaster is. <laughs> it's literally shown you blasting people away yeah. and Kylo Ren takes a direct bolt from it and is still standing. If anything, that scene is making a point about how much of a badass motherfucker and Kylo Ren is. And he's punching himself. And he's punching himself to metal. rage himself up. Oh, and it's like, sick. if this is how powerful Kylo Ren is, when he took a blast from that fucking thing, imagine how powerful he's going to be when he's back to full strength. And I was like, that's actually completely true. Plus, yeah, that is completely not nothing, on point. People were saying Ray has no training whatsoever. She's been fighting with that staff of hers. Yeah, that's Jakku exactly true like as well. That's a, yeah. her really entire life. She's got like close quarter combat experience. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. And I did watch the fight back again and she spends half that fight backing away from Kylo who's yeah. just swinging at her and then she gets the force moment and yeah. then... <clears throat> yeah. So, I, yeah, and so that whole scene was great but I think that could have been this extra element which like, Max, Max Landis was talking which is, yeah, him kind of taunting Rey and Finn to be like, go on, fucking kill me, almost like giving her the lightsaber all yeah. this kind of shit to be like, come on then, come on then. That would have been a nice little fix and I, I don't like how... At the very end, when they split up, then you get this giant crack in the middle of the ground to be like, oh, that was dumb. On. That was fucking dumb. Think of a better way to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have Chewie come in and just like smack him with the Millennium Falcon, get in kind of thing. I don't know anything. But like having the gra- literally the ground open up between them, having this Or divide. even just have Kylo Ren uh. staggering away and raving like, I can end him. Then Chewie's down and is like, you know, like yeah. he doesn't say anything, but like now, like get in yeah. now. Like, because yeah, the planet's imploding and he, she has to leave him there yeah instead like of that, dumb ground cracking ground thing cracking. so that that that, that, that little flaw but anyway it looked like like yeah tweaks look. to and yeah, that's like, not getting into the overall issue of like somebody's vision versus approved by yeah. community or anything like the point is force awakens as it stands as a film is a very good very enjoyable very fun film very flawed but overall but overall fantastic yeah. it and is I 2016 and you can go to the cinema and see a star wars film that is fun i've seen it three times yeah. and i'm probably gonna see it again, again. So I, and I've got the novelization, yeah. you know. So, so I, I think that yeah, it's just it's like to me, it's a nine, almost a nine point five film, but it's a nine film. And there's just little moments where you could have been like that, doing that, doing that, and doing that, and doing that. There you got an eleven out of ten. I'd hang it down at eight. Yeah, I'd give it. I look honestly, half. if I'm, I'm, I'm seven and a half to eight, seven point seven out of ten, seven. Mm. But, but like yeah. if I was going to go with like the five star system and I don't believe in this and a half stars I'm like it's got to be out of five yeah, yeah. I'd give it a three oh, out of five yeah. I'd go four so, yeah, so you see what I mean yeah. it, to me it's great but if there's just little moments there where you could have been like actually that would have been nice there yeah. Ooh, that could be nice there and you just kind of again pull these little tiny threads and you kind of get rid of the faff maybe make Snoke not as visible as well mm. I don't know these, again I really hope he's a giant me too. That would be. So- I, when I, if he when turns he, out to be a four foot tall, I'm going to be very upset. When he, when I first saw him being like a giant, I'm like, oh, a giant man, cool. 
<laughs> but then it's a call. I'm like, ah, I want to be giant. <laughs> more, actually, more of the Knights of Ren would have been nice. Yeah, yeah but we'll we'll get we'll, that. Get, that. we'll get that. And that's the other thing about this film. It's not a standalone. Yeah, and that's which... another thing of the every every other Star Wars film, bar a New Hope, they're all planned trilogies. Even the prequels are planned trilogies. Yes, mm. there's even you, you can't look at the Phantom Menace and be that's a complete film. It's not. No, a New Hope is a complete film. A New yeah. Hope is. Because uh, I know people do kind of, and there's other people's gripe, which is like, hey, The Force Awakens is not a complete film. I was like, yeah, but it's But I think the difference three. as well is that, like, Force Awakens didn't feel internally mm. like there was, but like, there was the, no Every internal. other film had an internal plot that resolved, though. Every, everyone did. Yeah, Jedi this did. Just left um, Empire did. A lot of things over. This, just, this, left a, this didn't really seem to end. It just sort of, like, yeah, Starkiller, but Starkiller Base was such an inconsequential part of the film for the most part until the end, where they were like, here's this thing <clears> we have to blow up. Would you have Whereas wanted. Whereas the Death Star was a huge thing yeah. all the way through. Would you have wanted. You're right. Yeah, the Death Star was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was so satisfying. And it was, like, it was there, and then it got blown up again. And it was blown oh. up by Luke, who you know that was his whole arc was building towards that. Whereas in this, it wasn't the same case. How, what about maybe even ending it before she finds Luke? Would that have been felt everyone being very cheated, or because you open with the finding Luke? Just sort of tie nice. the hunt for Luke in a little bit more because they have that hunt for Luke at the very start, and then they do other things, and then they come back to it at the end. Yeah. Just have it more constant. Like the First Order is searching for Luke as well, instead of just. Because like, they are, but it's yeah, not but, at the forefront. Yeah, like the only so one that's not, really looking yeah, for it is Kylo Ren. But even then, he's not. Actively, I mean, he's not super vigilant, vigilant, vigilant about it. Yeah, he's just sort of because you have this like we're searching distracted. for Luke. First order is searching for Luke. Hey, we're gonna go over here and blow up some shit. Uh, blow up some planets. Mm. Sick. Good. Great. Blow them up. Oh yeah, and we're searching for Luke. <laughs> so they just they just took a detour to blow up some planets, and that's another thing I would have really have changed was. Build up those planets that got destroyed. Yeah, what were they? The, not Coruscant, the, the Hosnian yeah. system. Apparently. And it's kind of like I don't but, care. Because why do we? Why do we care about this? Like I yeah. want to know what they are. So you know, stakes. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Just like we said at the very start of the podcast, take more time. Yeah. Get some breathing room. More politics. Understanding the significance of those planets, rather than like that. That clumsy line, the government that supports the resistance, that republic. Okay, so now we know there's a republic. I mean, I know it's in the opening crawl, but it doesn't explain what it is or yeah. what the significance of it is or anything. And it just, like, just a couple of extra lines here or there would yeah, have done it. Fine. Even, fine. even not even having the resistance be a faction of the republic, just have them be the republic. Have, yeah, the, resistance, exactly. have the resistance. Then it called. feels like a big blow dealt to the republic. No, yeah. Not the resistance, just the republic. Yeah, rather than have like all these different other factions because you're kind of overcomplicating it. So, any, any other final thoughts? I'm happy. It's a fun film. That's all I wanted, and I got that. I have, it's a fun Star Wars film. That's what it should have been, and that's what it is. Yeah. See. Look, I wanted more, but also the fact of the matter is, it's Star Wars. Star Wars is back in cinemas. Like you said, I can go to a, star, a mm. cinema and watch a Star Wars film that's fun, mm. um, and I want to see what happens next. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's kind of... I'm happy with that. Yeah, I got like, Because this podcast is about being critical, and that's me being critical, but when all's said and done, yeah. fine. Like, I, I went into the film wanting two things. One, Han dying, and two, them not killing the villains. And they did both of those things. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, I was happy from day dot. And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Tom. I've been Gabe. Uh, you've been listening to Movie Maintenance. And I swear, we're going to have a break. I promise you, because... Are we, are we really, though? Like, we're on a break. We're on a break. If you think this show is worth at least a dollar, why not donate to our Patreon account? Follow the links on our website, sanspantsradio.com. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.